And another thing And another thing And another thing And another thing Welcome to And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set the bar in the world of podcasts. My name is Jody Jenkins. My co-host, Tony Clement, not available today. I think he's on a, he's on, I guess, some sort of big profile political assignment. And that's okay because as you may know, he doesn't blink an eye when it comes to ditching me on some of these programs as well. So Tony will return next week, but today I'm flying solo and it's been a while. Actually, it's been a long time. I know our producer, Brett Black, was... We were, we were talking about that the, the last time that I did the show by myself, and it's been uh, months. Might even be close to a year. Tony's done a couple by himself, but I've, it's been a while. COVID got me all all screwed up here in Canada, so it's, uh, yeah. Anyway, I digress. Uh, as always, we got to thank uh, John Mutton and the team at Municipal Solutions for their continued support, our presenting sponsor. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. Uh, they do unbelievable work, and you really got to check it out, municipalsolutions.ca. You can find out more about what they do. Tony obviously does the the better job of explaining all those details, but John's actually going to be a guest in a couple weeks too. So Brett's giving me the thumbs up that that is happening, so we're, we're good on that front. And I should also mention too, looneypolitics.com. Uh, you can get exclusive access to episodes of this podcast that you can't hear anywhere else. Just by becoming a subscriber, so use the code PODCAST to get 50% off an annual subscription, and uh, you won't be disappointed. Okay, let's get right to our guest, because he is a man who, I think it's his first appearance on this show. He has been on my golf program a couple times. In another world, I did a golf podcast, and now we've kind of like meshed up, myself and Tony have meshed up, and we cover the gamut of everything. So we're going to be talking about golf and maybe more on this one as well. But he has uh, been a good friend of, the, of a previous program. Uh, he's in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona today. He's got tons of titles. He's a former, well, I don't want to say former, but he. I, I'll let him explain a little. Anyway, we're proud to welcome Colt Nost uh, to the show. Colt, first of all, thanks for being being on the program. We appreciate it. You got it, Jody. Thanks for having me. So I don't want I don't want to do you any injustice here by trying to go through all your titles because you are a broadcaster, you are a professional golfer, but do you consider yourself a former professional golfer or I do. I have no plans of playing professional golf anytime in the near future, that's for sure. And for those that don't know you, we'll we'll, we'll get into the broadcasting stuff in a second here, but for those that don't know you, I want you to act like some of our listeners have no clue, which is highly impossible, but it is it might be possible, but you played on the PGA Tour. Just tell us a little bit about how long you were doing the grind in professional golf and, and what that was like. Yeah, I played on the PGA Tour for eight years, um, professionally for 11 or 12, I guess. Spent three years on the Corn Ferry Tour and then eight years on the PGA Tour, um, you know, on and off with some injuries, losing my card and all that. But played my last event in 2020 at the WM Phoenix Open, where I live here in Scottsdale and, you know, been grinding at this media thing ever since. Yeah, so you do broadcasting um, for many, many events. In fact, I mean, even uh, the majors. And again, I'm not gonna, 
I'm not going to pretend to be, have all the details on that because I, I want you to explain it, but people can hear you all over the place when it comes to professional golf. So tell us how, how did you get into being on the comment or in commentary broadcast team uh, for these professional events? Yeah. To make a long story short, you know, I was, I was hurt back in 2017, um, was actually out in LA, got a call from a guy at CBS, asked if I'd be interested in possibly trying out the TV side of the world. Never thought about doing that in my life. I said, sure. Um, so they gave me three starts on golf channel on the Thursday, Friday, I was hired by CBS, but that's a whole nother story for another day, how that all works. But while I was out there, um, got a call from the president of Sirius XM, Scott Greenstein, asked if I'd be interested in possibly doing a radio show. I said, sure, because my buddy Drew Stoltz and I had been always kicked around the idea of doing some stuff together. So this great opportunity came about with PGA Tour Radio, did that, um, did the TV, went okay with the TV, uh, got another chance at the PGA Championship at Harding Park during COVID when there's no fans out there. I was doing some stuff for ESPN and I asked producer Mike McQuaid if I could possibly get down on the on the ground and follow a group, be an on-course reporter. He said, sure. And it was a home run. Uh, really found like I found my calling, felt super comfortable on the ground, calling, calling the action as a player and just re- relaying what I see down there. And um, since then, it's just kind of kept building, you know, signed a two-year deal with CBS. This was my first full year this year. I did 15 events for them. Going to do more next year, but yeah, I was on the grounds at the PJ Championship. You know, had Justin Thomas's group on Sunday, um, covered him in the playoff while Dottie Pepper had Will Zalatoris. So was right there in the mix. It was incredible. The year went very, very well, and you know, I'm looking forward to just continuing to get better and um, being in your ear a lot more. Did it? Did it come naturally to you? Like, I mean, I've. I've been in broadcasting for my, well, I, the first radio station I worked at was in 2000. I was hired in the summer, Christmas of 2000 at a rock station. So I've been doing this for 22 years. I'm just curious, like, w- w- did you just have a knack for it? Was it something you, had you ever thought about broadcasting ever in your life? No, I never did. Um, you know, I think as one thing as, as a golfer or an athlete, whatever you want to call it, you normally don't have a plan B. It's kind of like, I'm just going to do this forever until I can't anymore. And then I'm going to ride off into the sunset. But, you know, mine ended at when I, I was 35 years old. So I still needed to figure out something to do with the rest of my life. And this opportunity came about. And I wouldn't say it came natural. You know, my first couple times on TV um, was I was in the booth. I was in 16 Tower at Riviera, which I covered the 10th hole there, which is the very difficult dri- drivable par four 10th. And a whole lot of things happened where basically everything restarted and it was on my hole right out of the right out of the gates. And I don't know how it was for you, but in the golf world, in media, it's kind of sink or swim. You either are good at it or you're not. There's not a whole lot of training, but you know, I got more and more comfortable each time. And then when I got on the ground, the first time I was ever down there at the PGA championship, it just felt so easy to me and just felt like this is what I was meant to do. So that part did feel very natural to me. Yeah. I think that you have a skill that is very, um, you have the ability to make the sport, obviously it's golf in your case, relatable to the viewer or the listener. And I think that there might be this assumption by some that professional athletes that are in the booth now, like say they're retired, they're, that they would all be good at it. And that's simply not the case because, you know, I, I think of it like I look at it like a Tony Romo. That guy has an unbelievable knack to explain the game in a way that's 
So it just pulls you in. And I feel like, again, I'm not trying to pump your tires here, but, but, but I think you're very you good. Can, at it's fine. The, yeah, but, but you have a way of pulling people in and making it relatable where an average golfer can listen to you explain what's going on with a shot or the, the, the approach. And it's kind of like, oh yeah, I get that because like you explain it in that way. But as you said, sink or swim, because I'm sure th- there are many examples of retired or former athletes that have tried to convert to the booth and it hasn't worked, correct? No, no doubt. And, and I'll go back to what you said about, you know, re- relaying the information to a guy that might not be your avid golfer, the guy that might not watch golf 24 seven. And I always go back to Charles Barkley. He's my favorite guy in the sports TV world. And I'm a guy, I mean, I know basketball, but I don't know it like I know golf. And I watch him break down games or talk about games on TNT, whether it be the pregame or postgame. And that's exactly what he does. He makes the non-basketball fan understand what he's talking about, and he makes it fun. And that's 100% what I try to do out there. Golf can be a little boring at times, so I try to make it fun. I make it entertaining. Um, But I want everyone to be able to understand what I'm talking about, like strokes gained and all that. I'm like, dude, people don't know what that stuff means. Like, let's let's just talk about, let's put it in terms that the average guy can understand. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. So I think this is a fair question and I'm, I'm sure your mind goes there. What, what is the goal? Like, obviously you haven't been doing it very long and I'm sure that the position you're in now is, is, is great. It's, it's exactly where you need to be at this moment, but have you thought about, you know, five, 10 years, what, what, where you'd like to be in that hierarchy of, of doing these, uh, of doing commentary, of doing the broadcasts? You know, I get I get asked that a lot. And they're like, would you ever want to be in, you know, the chair Faldo just gave up or Trevor Emlin's taking over now next to Nance? And, you know, I don't think I have the golf resume for that. I know they they like to have people that are major champions in there. I am very, very comfortable where I am on the ground. And I think that's where I'm best. And, you know, five, ten years down the road, I want to be known as one of the best to ever do it. You know, you got David Faraday, Peter Costas, Roger Maltby. You know, I want to be up there as the guy that possibly, you know, changed the way golf was broadcast, like Tony Romo has with football. Like, I, I want to leave my mark on this. And I just, I I hope people realize how much fun I have doing it and how much I love doing it. I, I, I enjoy getting up each day and going to work, which I, is such a gift, uh, Jody. I mean, I, there's so many people that I think in this world that wake up and they're like, oh, God, I got to go to work. And for me, it's like, I cannot wait to get out there, walk. I mean, I have a front row seat with the best players in the world at some of the best golf courses on the planet you know, calling their golf and just having a blast to it. I can't believe I get paid for it. Yeah. It's, it's, you just mentioned something there about how you enjoy it and that does come across. And I think that's one of the things earlier I was trying to uh, get a word for you. It sounds very natural when you're Mm -hmm. talking and when you're describing what's going on and I picture it and I don't think I'm wrong at all. And I, I, we, you and I have never met in person, but you, you, the way you talk when you're doing the broadcasts, is exactly how you would talk with a bunch of, you know, men, women, golfers, juniors, whatever, you would be doing it the same way. And that, I think that's what comes across and makes it very relatable. Does that sound accurate? You know, I'll go back to the legendary producer for CBS, um, Lance Barrow, who one of the first things he told me is I want the cult. He he used to come out to Whisperock every time he was in Scottsdale and hang out and have lunch and just tell stories and all this. And I would always sit with him and do the same thing, tell stories and he told me, he goes, I want the Colt nose that sits at Whisper Rock and tells stories. I'm like, I can't talk like that on air. He's like, figure it out. And <laughs> it finally hit me, you know, a few months into it. Okay, I can be myself. I can react how I would. Just don't use any <laughs> inappropriate language, obviously. But 
I, I want to be me. I, that's what they hired me for. They didn't hire me to change and, you know, be some different personality. Um, I just try to be the normal guy, whether I'm the red lights on or the red lights off. In, in the world of broadcasting, and I'm not going to spend too much time on more time on the broadcasting because I want to talk about golf stuff too, but in the world of broadcasting, in order to be successful to a certain degree, you had, there's, there is an air of confidence. There's, I hate calling it ego, but it is an ego. I'm curious, how do you balance that? Have you had any exposure to that? Or is, as the family there at CBS and everyone been pretty welcoming? I'm assuming yes, but I'm sure that there are times when you get a taste of that. Yeah, it's been absolutely incredible at CBS. I mean, I pinch myself every time Jim Nance sends it down to me. Like, I mean, this is a guy. <laughs> I mean, he started at CBS in 1985, the year I was born. So I've literally listened to him my entire life. I've been a sports junkie my whole life. Um, so to work alongside him has been just incredible, along with everybody else on the crew. But you do have to have a confidence. If you're not confident, I think it's going to come across on the air and not sound great. Um, I think, you know, I have the respect of the people I'm talking about as well. I know I didn't win out on the PGA Tour, but I did play 199 events. I was out there eight years. And I always tell people, like, just because a guy was successful at a game, like you use Nick Faldo as an example, who is six-time major champion, one of the best to ever be in the booth. Like, when he talks, I mean, he's got the resume to back it up. I don't have the resume to back it up, but it doesn't mean that I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, I study the game of golf. I watch more golf. I surround myself with golf, and I feel like I can sit there with a six-time major champion and hold my own and have a conversation with him. So I think, yeah, you do have to have a little bit of an ego, and you have to have a lot of confidence because if you go through there and, like, what you say – doesn't have any conviction. I don't think the the listeners or the viewers are going to believe it. Have you noticed any of your former colleagues? Are they more guarded around you now, knowing that anything they say could potentially make its way into your broadcasts, or is everyone pretty much still the same? I would say ninety five percent has still been the same. Um, you know, there has been moments where they're like we'll be talking about stuff and like, Oh, please don't share that. But I also think they know that I respect them enough as a former player. Like I'm never going to say anything to get them in trouble. And if there is something like, you know, I have dinner with Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas and those guys a lot when I'm out on the road. And if there is something I find interesting, I think that would be good for the broadcast. I make damn sure that I, Oh no, There's a, we got a barking dog. That's all right. um, um, but I, I make sure that I ask their permission before I use it. Because I never want to cross that line. I never want to ruin a friendship. Yeah, no, that makes uh, that makes complete sense. Okay, let's move on to just some thoughts on the state of the game. Because, I mean, clearly it'd be remiss if we didn't mention that, you know, golf in general is getting a lot of attention now. Maybe not in the best light, but maybe it is because it's, it's at the forefront in the sports world for sure. But then, of course, that reason being the weekly, daily, hourly discussions on what's next between live and what, and what's going on with the PGA tour. I'd be curious to know. And again, I don't want to put you in a bad spot and I don't know how much you could share, but what, what's your position on what's going on with this live and the PGA tour? Yeah. You know, it's tough. It's something that I never thought we would have to deal with. Um, it just seemed like a year ago we were talking, you know, when we we're in the middle of COVID and the PGA tour was coming back, we were discussing how great the PGA tour is. It's in a great spot. There's so much parody at the top of the, uh, the top of the world rankings. We've got so many great young players that are coming in when we're starting to lose Tiger Woods. Um, so 
I will say that, you know, competition is great. The PGA Tour has always been the top dog, so it's never had to change, right? Yeah. Would, yep. would you agree with that? Yes. So it's never had to change. And now there's some competition. Now, do I like the competition? Who it's coming from? No, because I think there's a personal vendetta from Greg Norman to try to ruin the PGA Tour, and that's what I don't like. Um, I also don't like splitting up the best players in the world. Um, yeah. I want the I want the best players in the world to play against each other at all times. There's That's just 100% my goal. I get excited for the big events, walking down the fairways, coming up 18 with um, Xander Schauffele, Patrick Cantley, Justin Thomas battling it out for a title. Like That gets me going. That's fun to watch. Um, so therefore it bothers me a little bit, you know, I've been pretty outspoken. I'm obviously on the PGA tour side here. And it, the one thing that pisses me off is when these people are like, Oh, you're paid by the PGA tour. That's why you're so pro PGA tour. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not paid by the PGA tour. Exactly. My checks come from CBS, Sirius XM and my podcast. Yeah. I'm free to say whatever I want about the PGA tour. I'm allowed to have my own opinion. And I think the PGA tour is the best place in the world to play. I think I know they're only three weeks in, but if you look at live, if you watch the, the telecast, the broadcast, however you want to watch it, the passion's not there like it is on the PGA Tour. You watch guys, you watch Will Zalatoris and Sepp Straka at Memphis going at that playoff. Like that was incredible theater. You watch Roy McIlroy, you know, trying to chase down a struggling Scotty Scheffler on Sunday at the Tour Championship. That's fun to watch. The Open Championship, Roy McIlroy, Cam Smith shooting that incredible score on the back nine. Like that's what golf's all about to me. I even used the U.S. Amateur that I covered a couple weeks ago. Those kids, there was no money on the line. That was all trying to leave a mark on their game, try to um, be in the history of golf and win an incredible championship. And the pride, you know, the emotion was there. And that's what I care about. That's what I want to watch. Look at Dustin Johnson when he won the Masters. We've never seen that side of Dustin Johnson when he's crying, talking to Amanda Renner. Like, because it means something. I just don't see this other tour their tournaments meaning anything more than money. Yeah, it's it's an interesting an interesting situation for sure. One thing I will say is that I feel and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I feel the narrative has changed a bit with Live um and the PGA Tour in the terms of individuals like, you know, abdicating their membership on the PGA Tour to go to Live because at the beginning if you recall it was all you know, it's dirty money. Why would you want to go there? You're greedy. That was the message if you left for live. And now you're starting to see what I would perceive to be genuine good guys on tour. Like, the, And again, just from outside looking in, because I don't know them personally, you might be able to fill in some blanks. But when I see a guy like Harold Varner going over to live, it's like, well, you know, this guy seems like a really solid guy. Like, so maybe, you know, what what's the scoop here? But at some point, I think that it'd be nice to, as you said, competition isn't a bad thing. It'd be nice if there was able to, like, they could open a door between the tours or between the the events and have some back and forth. I I I don't know if we'll ever get there, but do you think that's possible? Well, one with Harold Varner, he's one of the most popular guys on the PGA Tour, and you 100% have it right. He's a great dude. He texted me when he decided that he was going because he turned it down for a while, and then eventually, you know, the money was too big. Um, He's like, listen, I, I'm a guy who came from a family that didn't have much growing up. I've got offered a deal that'll take care of my family for a very long time. I get that. There's yeah. no hard feelings. I said, I'm happy for you. I'm sad for the PGA Tour because here's a guy who's never won, but he's a great character. He's one of the most popular guys out there. If he would have won on the PGA Tour, 
would have been one of those most popular wins you've ever seen with the amount of people that would have been there on 18 to greet him, the amount of people that would have celebrated with him because he's that loved out there. So in that case, it is a big loss for the PGA Tour. As far as Liv and PGA Tour coming together, in my opinion, this is why it never works. Because you've got these guys, say a Dustin Johnson, a Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson that received you know, 100 to $200 million to leave and go play. Okay, well, then you have the guys like John Rahm, Roy McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Xander Schauffele, Patrick Cantlay. I mean, there's, there's a n- number of them that turn down offers to stay loyal to the PGA Tour. How is it going to be fair to them if all of a sudden Jay and Greg get together and they say, you know what, we're going to come together. The live guys can come back and play on the PGA Tour. Like if I'm Jordan Spieth, I'm be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I turned down nine figures to stay loyal to the PGA Tour. Now they get, they get to take their money and come back? Like, no, that's not fair to me. So that's why I see it being a tough spot for them to work together at any point. Interesting. Colt, what, uh, what's next for you? Do you have some time off now, now that the season has ended? Although I'm sure it doesn't take much for, or we got the President's Cup coming up. Are you involved in that? I'll be there doing some stuff for SiriusXM. Um, and then I actually, I, I go to Thailand to cover the Asian Pacific Amateur, which is an awesome amateur event that, where the winner gets into the Open Championship uh, and the Masters. So I'll, okay. I did that last year when it was in Dubai. This year it's over in Bangkok. So that'll be a lot of fun to go over there. And then I have a nice little break. CBS starts back up at uh, Torrey Pines in San Diego, you know, the end of January, beginning of February, and we get rolling again. But right now I got a nice little break. I'll still do my Sirius XM show Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then the podcast, Golf Subpar, uh, comes out every week. Hey, what did I tell you about shameless plugs? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. I throw it in there on air all the time. And body pepper wears me out. It's great. <laughs> All right, Cole. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, looking forward to uh, hearing you again and seeing you again on air. And hopefully at some point uh, we can connect in person, whether in Canada or, you know, uh, I'm more than happy to come and play in an event with you down there at, at your home course. So you got it, Jody. I appreciate you having me on. Cole Nost, always an entertaining individual. And look at that. We did a whole show with no political talk. Well, kind of. The politics of golf. Uh, You can catch Colt uh, on CBS at multiple, multiple professional golf events and also on his podcast and his SiriusXM show. So make sure you do that. Uh, Thanks once again, uh, Colt, for being a part of the show. Again, Tony's not in this week. Uh, He'll return next week. Uh, Don't forget, Municipal Solutions, big thanks to them for being our presenting sponsor week in, week out. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. Also, every Saturday on Hunter's Bay Radio, which is terrestrial radio, 88.7, you can catch our program uh, mornings there. So that's Hunter's Bay Radio. Tony does a show there as well. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. And finally, looneypolitics.com. Make sure you check them out. Become an annual subscriber by using the code podcast to get 50% off your subscription and you'll have access to exclusive content, including articles, videos, and episodes of podcasts like ours. Once again, looneypolitics.com. Enjoy the rest of your week. We will do this again in seven days.